to Shut Up and Invest. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Shut Up and Invest. What's up, what's up, what's up? If you guys been rocking with us, you know, my co-host with the most, Jay Money in the house. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? And uh, and we've had some good guests so far. We definitely have, man. I mean, for uh, just starting up, I think the people are going to really enjoy who we got coming out. Yeah. Coming out for them. Some good content, some, some good producers, you know, some good experience and knowledge. For yeah, sure. Definitely. And today though, today we got a we got a special story. We got Jay Money story. <laughs> so we're gonna get deep into into how Jory got started and and uh what's he doing now and and a little sure, bit about the spill the tea. <laughs> a, li- a little motivation, a little little goals. Definitely. And and where we're going with this. So why don't we get the party started? We'll keep it short and sweet. Yes, it's a little late, so get into this. Yeah, get you it's, guys. it's 10 o'clock at night here this in Miami. This real estate after dark right now. Real so. estate after dark. That's going to be a whole separate show. <laughs> so no. what's up, brother? How'd you get in? What year did you get uh, in? I know it was uh, BC, before the crash. It was before the crash. Yeah, like right before the crash. Um, I got it. I got it in real estate. I got my license in real estate in uh, 2006. So spring of 06. That's when I got my license. I started researching and getting past my real estate in probably uh, beginning of 05. What made so, you get, go real estate? What was the initial crazy, idea? The crazy story is this. So, right, honestly, um, my well, two things. My real dad, who honestly I, I've, I've seen once my whole life, but we've had periods of time where we talked a lot, you know. Um, I moved to Miami from Penn State in July of 04. And me and him were talking a lot. And he was actually, this was the time when the market was booming. He was in D.C. doing mortgages and doing condo conversions, right? So he was, like, killing it. If you were doing real estate in 04, 05, you were killing it, right? So he was doing mortgages. He was doing condo conversions. And we actually were talking a lot, like, a lot over the phone during this time. He was just kind of telling me what he was doing and the importance of real estate and just kind of schooling me on in the game. And even though we didn't have this, this tight relationship, I always would listen to what he said. He's a really smart guy. So I was actually soaking it up. And, uh... He got me on that path of saying, man, I can do this real estate thing. And I'm living on South Beach, me and a college roommate, you know, like a little one-bedroom apartment on South Beach hmm. as uh, nightclub promoters, <laughs> you know, again, hustling. And I just started digging into real estate. I, I did that. Then I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that kind of just made it clear as day to me. It's like, this is what I'm, what I'm going to do. Everybody that I listen to, the minute they read that book... I'm just, listen, man. I know I, I heard a lot too, but I'm talking for me. That it was a book game changer. Yeah, and people. I, and I've heard people get mad about that book. Say, really? well, it didn't teach me. I've heard some people. I've read reviews. People say, oh, it didn't teach me anything. And that's not true. It's not true. But more than that, it changed my mindset. Right. Yeah. So like, like it didn't give me the ABC how to do it, but it taught me how to think about money and investments in, in general more than the way I was thinking about it before. Yeah, you know? yeah. and it, I think it's the first time for me. That it opened up the concept of return on investment. Definitely. So I read that. I mean, that's the first book I read that was like, man, I got to go this way. And then I started just reading. I started reading everything. I read that. Dave Ramsey, Total Money Makeover. Um, I read the rest of Rich Dad's, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad's books, his advisor's books, uh, The Millionaire Next Door, the uh, Gary Keller's book. Um, which one was that? Real Estate Investor. The, the Millionaire. The, yeah. yeah. I just started reading. I read every book I can, literally. Like I was, I was uh, 
living in Miami, met my wife in Miami. We got married shortly after. And uh, I was working in the warehouse. And when Michigan you got somewhere. married, were you already starting to do real estate or not yet? I was starting to research it. Okay. Right. So I met her in Miami. I had already been starting to starting to read about it, you know, a little bit, a little bit here. When, when I got married to her and we were going to expect our first baby. Well, our first, we had two before. She had two already. So mm-hmm. we had two already. Then, I, then me and her were expecting our first together. And it was like, I got to do something. <laughs> I got to do something quick because I'm have a daughter and two other kids. And it's like, you know, I need to do something where I can take care of my family. Because at the time you were still promoting? I was promoting when we first met on South Beach. I probably promoted. We met and I probably promoted for like another three, four months. And then we actually moved to North Carolina and then to Michigan. Got it. Um, so when I moved to Michigan, I actually got a job at a Pepsi warehouse in the, in the UP of Michigan, which is in like Canada. Okay. And I was working for a Pepsi warehouse like 12 hours a day, throwing bags of recycling and incinerator, like getting sprayed with Pepsi, Coca-Cola syrup, what? like a horrible job. <laughs> <laughs> horrible job. And I used to be in that job and no like every day I'd be in that job doing what I was doing, you know, moving a forklift, you know, stacking pallets. And I would just be telling the story in my head about my real estate career, you know, and this is like, oh, this is probably 05. And I'm doing this job I hate, but I'm doing it every day. And in my head, you know, I'm just going over the books I read and just like planning out this career I'm going to have in real estate before it even happened. Like visualizing it and telling myself it's going to happen, you know. Which is, like, I mean, it's key. I mean, how many people are probably listening right now, hating what they currently do, mm-hmm. thinking I'm listening to this particular show to see how I can invest and get out of this job. That's exactly what happening. It is. Exactly. I mean. I was not going to say that. I mean, I, was, I wasn't going to say that job forever. You know, I've, I've always been someone who um, I worked hard, but like I wasn't someone who's going to work for somebody else. You know, that just wasn't me, you know. But Did you know that at the time? I think I knew that because like I said, we said another episode, I had done so many jobs. Like I was always the guy that did like the Cutco knives and the Kirby vacuums and the, you know, the door-to-door Dollar Tree stuff, you know. So I was always looking for a job that was more of like, you know, sales, entrepreneur, independent. you know, independent stuff. Um and I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I also like I worked, so it was like I always had a paycheck since I was 15 years old, and I worked at the grocery store first. So I didn't mind working, but I was like at that yeah, point, it's too. like I'm not going to work, you know, for somebody else getting passed. I was the hardest working. I got passed over for the job all the time. I started off as a temp job for manpower, <laughs> you know how that is. So I just wasn't going to stay in that predicament forever. So right. you know, my thing was let's go to real estate, you know, um, and that's what we that's what we decided to do. You went from that job in the Pepsi warehouse to real estate. So I went from that job. So that job in Pepsi, I was actually in Marquette, Michigan, which is, in, is again the UP of uh, Michigan, right? And I'm studying real estate. You know, my wife's not working because she's having a baby; she's pregnant, and I wanted to start real estate there. I just wanted to start real estate wherever I was at. I didn't care. Um, this was a very, very small town. You know, it was just like it was going to be tough to get into that. So, you know, true story. My wife came home one day and was like, um. Let's move. Let's let's look into moving to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I was like, well, I don't even know where that's at. <laughs> I have no idea where it was at. Again, I'm from Pittsburgh, so I had no idea where that's at. You know, and then we went to church. So she said that. The next day we went to church and a lady can't a lady speaking at her church is from Grand Rapids, Michigan. No. Like way. just happened to be from Grand Rapids, Michigan that uh, night, right? God's plan. And like she's saying stuff to me about our future, and she's from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And then no lie, two days later I'm reading a book about real estate. And in the back of the book, it's named in the top markets for like the next 10 years. And like Grand Rapids, Michigan was in that list. Mm. I'm just like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what the heck is going on? Right. So my wife literally applied for a job. I said, listen, do it. I mean, for some reason, Grand Rapids keeps popping up. Right. 
So she applied for a job at a hospital because she was a uh, a traveling surgical technician, right? So she applied for a travel job. And they called back two days later, said she had a job. And I think we moved there like a month later. So we moved to Rams, Michigan, out of the blue. You know, the job paid for the, the housing when she got that job. And then so she basically worked for about a year while I stayed at home and took care of our, our newborn daughter. Um, I watched her because... We moved to Rams, Michigan in May, and my daughter was born in February. Right. So I basically watched her and studied real estate all day. So my wife was working. I watched her study real estate. So, like, I mean, honestly, my wife has, like, supported me the whole time, but also she's been able to, like, she was able to work to allow me to study, you know? Like, she and she wasn't on me, but she was like, look, study. Right. You're going to do this. You know, Make I, I can work right now. You study. You learn how to do this. And then when... This baby comes, then because well, what happened was she got pregnant again with Indy, our second daughter, and they're only fourteen months apart. So literally, like back to back, back to back. I even know it could happen that fast. I mean, you were, you know, you were at home. You were like, I can't wait for her to come home. You forgot to you know, get the so second TV in the room. A few months after moving to my, uh, the Grand Rapids, she got pregnant again. So again, she's gonna have to come home from work soon. Because she can't, you know, she has to come home for work. And you got to go hustle. I got to go hustle, right? So at this point, I'm like, listen, I'm going to study for my real estate license. Get my license, get in real estate, you know, and uh, hopefully that's how we can get into this thing where I can take care of my family while she can be at home. Um, and, I'm, and I'm sure you guys, which is which is key, man. Like, what sounds, what you're telling me is you guys did whatever it took to set yourself up. Because I'm sure if you would have gotten a job. And then got in a nanny, let's say. But instead, you guys made sacrifices. We made sacrifices, for sure. I mean, she she worked and was like, she was supportive of me just being at home watching my daughter and the other kids and reading all day, you know. And I was literally reading, ignoring, ignoring. <laughs> I was reading all day long. Every book I could. I was watching every every show I could, just trying to absorb as much information as I can. Right. And I'm thankful to have a, a wife that supported that and wasn't like. Yeah, and I mentioned you know, that because I sit with a lot of people that want to supposedly shut up and invest and get in the game and, and really start setting themselves up, but they don't want to give up the certain type of lifestyle that they have. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what sacrifices are you willing to make to maybe take one step back mm-hmm. to be able to take three steps forward? Yeah, we've, I mean, if, if as we go on with the story, you'll see we sacrificed a lot, you know, and it's been me and her as a team, you know, we've sacrificed a lot. We've also like, when one person was lagging, you know, the other one took, took, more of the rope and pick this up, you know. Um, yeah, we were living off of I mean, Dave Ramsey, Total Money, Total Money Makeover had a little saying, you know, um, I forget what he said. He said, uh, pretty much was like, you know, live now so that you can live later on. So like you pretty much sacrifice for now right. to live the life you want to live down the road. Got it. You know, so we were on the whole, you know, not spending money on nothing but food and, you know, kids and, you know, no eating out. Like we were on strict, like, let's get to this point where we can buy, you know, real estate um, to take care of our, our family and go to the next step. Nice. So, so while I'm doing all that, this is, you know, this is probably like 06, 05, 06. And, was you know, she down with the vision from the beginning or did you have to sell her on it? No, she was down. Like, she was down because my wife's like a dreamer too and she was kind of like, you know what? Like, you have this dream, I have this dream. Like, I ha- she was kind of like, you know what? I feel good to have someone that I'm with too that, you know, wants to go out and do something bigger, bigger than what just the nine to five every day, right. you know? So she was, and that was the best thing. We both were like, let's go do it, you know? And it, being married, it can be difficult to, to have like this entrepreneurial dream unless your significant other is supportive of it, you know? It really yeah. is. Um, 
She was supportive. I mean, the first step we took, so before I even had my license, we uh, were able to buy a house, right? So we bought a house in Grand Rapids. This is when like anyone could get a mortgage. <laughs> you know, my wife was able to get a mortgage for a rehab house, right? So we, we got a mortgage for a rehab house. It was actually a conventional mortgage, not an arm, nothing. It was a conventional mortgage. Our plan was buy this house, fix it up, refinance, get that money back, like 20000 Um when she got home from work, from when the baby came, she'd be off of uh, off of work for a little bit. Mm-hmm. We'd use that twenty thousand to take care of us until my wrestling career got going. Mm-hmm. So that was we had a plan, you know. We got the house that we bought a house for eighty grand in the northeast of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Right? It was an old, it was a farmhouse in the city. Right? It was in the city, but it was a farmhouse. Got it. Um, get the house. House had termites. The foundation was messed up. There was no kitchen. The upstairs was exposed with. You know, wires and stuff. You can't uh, even get a conventional mortgage no, nowadays with you that. You can't. Like, we got a conventional mortgage. Right. <laughs> like, not an arm, not a rehab, not an FHA 203K. Like, right. conventional financing, right? We got it for this house. <laughs> Moved in the house with four kids now, you know, two basically babies. Uh, well, no, my do- my wife was pregnant. So, three kids. My wife's pregnant. We're moving this house. And me and her are going to rehab this house. <laughs> Our goal is to rehab with a, got, with a pregnant, pregnant hormonal wife. <laughs> yes, that's a good idea, bro. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> how'd that go? Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna rehab this house. You know, refinance this house, take that money, take care of us. You go, hopefully, do another right. rehab. Right? We had this big, big dream. You know, that was that was the goal. Okay. Um, you know, so basically, I had I had one contract to help me out. My wife's cousins and her grandfather all are electricians. So they came down, they did electrical work, they did drywall work and stuff like that. I'm in here hanging cabinets, painting cabinets by myself, you know, like, because she's, she's like really pregnant at this point. <laughs> and I never done this before. I never hung a cabinet or anything, you know, so I'm in there hanging cabinets, trying to lay towel a little this bit. Before you know? YouTube too, right? Yeah, what there was, was no YouTube. I mean, no. I think I bought a book from Home Depot. Okay. Like I bought one of those books from Home Depot and was trying to read the book. There was no way to Google it or YouTube it back then. Got it. Um, and we're doing this, right? We're doing this. The plan's moving along. People are like, you're crazy. You know, you guys are crazy. You know, you got little kids. Your wife's pregnant. Like, you can't even go upstairs because there's exposed wires and laughed and, pla- you know, plaster and laughed everywhere. And I remember this to the T. We're getting done. We have, like, you know, two days before the appraiser comes out to appraise the home for a refinance. And I'm painting all night. Painting all night. I'm laying carpet and painting all night. Like, has haven't slept. And I remember the brand new towels for a nice, like, uh, cream towel and I'm like 5 a.m. painting and I fall, <laughs> fall asleep with a can of paint oh. falls on a brand new towel <laughs> like no lie right my wife's at work and I'm like I feel the phone <laughs> I'm in tears almost right I'm like babe you're not gonna believe this <laughs> she's like what I'm like and it's brown chocolate paint I just Ooh. dropped all this brown chocolate paint on the tile and she's like well, <laughs> you know, not, not mad, nothing. It'll be okay. It'll all work out. I'm just like, babe, I've been painting all night. The prayer's going to be here in like three hours. I just put all this paint on the towel, right? So I'm cleaning the towel off, whatever, whatever. It gets done. The praiser comes in. You know, you know how back then you talk to the praiser, try to get get him to do the price you want. You know, he walks away, he leaves, and then we're waiting for like three or four days, you know? So, I mean, that it was just crazy going up to that. So we think, you know, we're thinking, our thought was we get like 20000 back to live off of. Well, the appraiser comes back, and I think he came back like that we could walk with like twelve grand after the after the refinance, which was like it wasn't really gonna help us out, you know, before we were in. So, but we're good with it, whatever. So, my wife's at the point now where she's uh very very close to having a baby, 
And her doctor tells her she has to get off of work. She has to go on home leave. And this happens before the refinance before goes the through. Plan. Before the refinance goes through, right? And I remember we get a call one day, and they're like, "We can't, we can't do the refinance because your She's wife going on maternity leave." No. And Jackie, I'm at the gas station. And she calls me, and so I'm like, "Oh, you know, what are we gonna do?" But again, we had faith. You know, like even when that happened, it wasn't like, "Oh crap, it's over." It was like, you know what? It's gonna get worked out. You know, literally, it's gonna get worked out. We prayed, we believed. You know, like we're stressing out, but it's going to get worked out. You know, not really knowing what to do, but it's going to get worked out. Staying optimistic. Yeah, like always optimistic, always, you know, speaking what we, what's going to happen to existence, you know, even back then. And so about three or four days go by, and basically the guy's like, ah, it's not going to happen. You know, like this is the day before it's not going to happen. Like there's no way to do it. I'm like, there's nothing you can do. Like she's, you know, you see she's on maternity leave. She's been working the whole time. Nope, that's not going to happen. So at this point, and when this is going on, I'm studying for a real estate license at the same time. You know, but even, you know, you get your license. I'm in a t- I don't know anyone in this town. Like, we're in Grand Rapids yeah, brand new. You so don't like, have a pipe ready to go. Yeah, I don't have a sphere of influence, anything. So it's not like I'm going to get my license and sell a house the next day. Um, but we're at that point where, like, it's not going to happen. I remember I'm going to the store for something. She calls me. She's crying on the phone. I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, the mortgage company called. They approved the refinance. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, mouth open. Are you serious? She's like, yeah, they approved the refinance, right? So I'm like, cool, cool. I mean, we got a little yeah. bit of cushion, you know? So that came through, gave us a little bit of cushion and kind of allowed us to go to the next step. Nice. So. You got your license. Got my license, man. So and then now you're in the town. Got my license. Like a rabbits. lot of people who get started and you're even on a brand new town. So you have no network. Yeah, no, no I experience. Mean, literally no network. Um, never been a road trip before, you know? My only experience is this house that we just bought that we rehab, you know, and uh, I just know my only goal was I wanted to sell. I want I got my license because I wanted to be an investor. Like I didn't want to sell homes to like to you to buy your personal home. I knew I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to be able to get the first look at the homes that I wanted to buy for myself, and that's why I came into it. So I remember reading Rich Dad Poor Dad and some of his other books talking about REO properties, bank owned properties, right? Like how you don't really hear about them. And you had you didn't hear about them back then hardly at all because the market was doing really good. Um, but I, what I did, I used to read the paper. He, the, the classified ads in the paper had all the home sales, right? <laughs> so I would get the Sunday paper every Sunday and look and see what brokers had, like the handyman fixed rubber specials. And there's always like you know one or two brokers that had the most of those in that area. Um, and so, the, but the one guy by far had the most. And the lady who sold us the foreclosure that we bought, it was a foreclosure when we bought it to fix up. She worked for that broker. So I actually kind of like, you know, knew one of his agents and uh, was like, hey, I want to go work for your broker. And she was like, cool, I'll, I'll introduce you to him, whatever, whatever, you know, make it work. So I go meet with this guy. His name is Mike Balsitas. You know, honestly, to this day, he's my best friend, you know, one of my best friends. We're partners today, too. Um, but he's a broker. He had just left Remax, started his own company. And I go meet with him, you know, fresh, just got my license. Like, hey, I want to work for you. He's like, you don't want to work for me. <laughs> <laughs> he did the next sale on you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, go to Remax, go to color, go somewhere where they'll teach you how to become a realtor. I don't have time to teach anybody. I'm, you know, I got a brand new brokerage. You know, I got like three agents. I don't have time to teach you how to be a realtor. And I'm like, Mike, you don't have to teach me anything. I learn, I read, I'll teach myself. He's like, I was like, just give me a shot. I know I want to be here. You know, let me work for you. He's like, you know, I, he doesn't really want to take on a new agent because it's a lot of liability. You know, he has a brand new brokerage and he's like, I'm not trying to take on any problems. You know, like, you don't want to work here, right? So literally, we, I left that office that day and it was like, I'm like, Jackie, you don't want me to work for him. 
like, I don't want to work for anybody else. Like, this guy has all the deals that I want to, you know, I want to be a part of. And he basically told me, go work for somebody else, right? She's like, uh, so my wife's like, sleep on it and go back to him tomorrow. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, go back and talk to him tomorrow, right? So I go back to him the next day. I'm like, Mike, I promise you. <laughs> You don't have to teach me anything, right? I learn myself. I'll be a fly on the wall, you know. I was like, I just want to, I just want to be here. Like you have the deals I want to, I want to be a part of. I know I want to be part of REOs. You have the most of anyone in this city, you know. I know I'm new, but I, I learn. I teach myself easily. I, I, I'm like a self learner, you know. I don't need anything from. Him. I don't need training. Nothing. He's just like, like I can tell him. He's like bugging him. Right? He's like, ah, all right, man. <laughs> Basically, all right. Come on. Yeah, you know, but come hold back on. The that's, day. <laughs> that's money in the bank. We got to clip that. Listen, <laughs> you took rejection and literally, may, maybe we got to give Jackie some credit. I can't wait to get her on the show. <laughs> yeah, you she, she said, go back out there the mm-hmm. next day and you will face rejection again. And you still felt like you were bugging him, but, yeah. but you kept going. But I kept going. Yeah. And it, I mean, Thankfully, Jackie was there. I mean, I've always, again, the rejection doesn't bother me. Obviously, now what we do doesn't bother us. But, I mean, I needed her to kind of be like, hey, like, this is what you do. Just go do it. Like, she told me, basically, she goes, you know what you're doing. I've watched you sit here and study for two years. You know, like, you don't need anybody to train you. Like, you've learned all this stuff already on your own. Go out there and tell him that, and you're going to work for him, and, and go do it. And I went back the next day and was like, listen, I'm not leaving this office until you allow me to work for Bellamy Realty. Is basically what I did, you know, and I became like the fourth agent they had, you know, brand new. Nice. And then what? How'd you start making money? So I'm there, you know, I'm there. I got the four kids now because the new baby. And it's like, you know, we got the 12 grand that's running out <laughs> from the refinance. And of course, you know, first thing you do, you know, write down all the names of people you know. I don't know anybody, you know, I know like two people from church. Right, so that's, so that's, five minutes. that's not going to happen. That's you know? five minutes. <laughs> So then I'm kind of telling them, so I got blessed, honestly. So Mike had a buyer's agent. The lady who had showed us and helped us buy our house was his buyer's agent. She got pregnant, had a baby, and couldn't work as much anymore. She was at home watching the baby. So I kind of was like, there was only two other agents there, me and this other guy. And I kind of was, was like the next man up. And he basically started giving me some leads, right? Giving me buyer leads, investor leads. And of course, because he had more foreclosures than anyone else in the area, you know, he had a lot of investor contacts. <clears throat> so I remember I get this lead for a foreclosure house. It's a couple. I'm showing them the house. They want to buy the house, right? Let's write an offer today. I'm, I'm ecstatic. Like, Jackie, I'm That's your first house. deal? I'm thinking it's my first deal, right? I didn't check for a pre-qualification letter from a mortgage nah, company. you're like, let's go, Sizzler. <laughs> I didn't check for anything, Baby, right? Baby, we going out to eat tonight. Get the kids in the car. I come back to my broker, Mike. He's like, he's like they have a pre-qual? I was like, what's, what's, a, what's a pre-qual? Oh, he goes, yeah, you need to check to make sure they can even apply for a mortgage, right? They can't get a mortgage. Like They've been working for like you know three weeks, so that deal falls apart, right? So I, first lesson learned, pre-qual your buyers, right? So I learned that. About a week later, he gives me another lead. He says, hey, I got a house, a listing I'm getting today in this area called um, the Black Hills. And this investor right here likes to buy here. You know, call him up. So I'm like, cool. I don't know the guy. Though. I call the guy up. I'm like, hey, I work for Mike. Da, da, da. I got a house. It was on Fox Street. I remember to this day. House on Fox Street. I think the price was like 34000 You know, he's like, cool. He's like, cool. Give me the code. I'll go by. I'll look at it. I'll give you a call back. You know, I'm like, well, don't I have to show you the house. He's like, no, just give me the code. <laughs> I'm an investor, you know, give me the code. I'll look at it. I'll call you back, right? 
cool. Give him the code. He goes and looks at it. Calls back 10 minutes later. Uh, put an offer in for 30 grand cash or close in a week. I said, no inspections. I'm like, what? <laughs> right? I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, 30 I grand cash? It. All right, cool. Wrote the offer up. Met with him. He signed it. Put it back in. I think, you know, it was a bank on foreclosure. So submitted to the bank. Waited like two days. They came back. Countered. I think the 33. We countered 31. Accepted. Right? So I'm like, cool. I got an accepted deal. You know, it hasn't closed yet, but I have an accepted deal. I come home to my wife. I'm all ecstatic. She's like, you know, making me cake or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we got a deal. That deal actually ends up closing in a week. Nice. Simple, right? My first deal closed was like, sign a week later, close. Working with investors. Working with investors. Which, by the way, I don't know if I would highly suggest uh, you giving the code to an investor you've never met. No, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Just, <laughs> hey, go see the property. No big deal. I'll see you later. But yeah, anyway. Don't do that. But that's that's how things roll back then. <laughs> but don't do so that. So we got the first one in the bank. So the first one closes in the week. I get like a check for like 1500 bucks. you know, um, like a 31000 commission. And I'm like, wow, you know, this it actually happened, and it was easy, you know. And then that investor invites me to a. He's like, hey, Jory, come to this lunch I'm having next week at a. I think it was a Logan Steakhouse or something, right? So we're kind of going over some kind of uh, a business I'm, I'm about to start. So I go to it, and it's a actually a, it's a multi level marketing meeting about a, a travel company business that they're doing. It's all multi level marketing, and there's like ten or fifteen guys there in me. And then that investor introduces me to this other guy. I'm like 20. I'm 26 right now. And he introduced me to this guy who's like 23 years old. He said, hey, you guys might want to talk to some stuff. Justin, he just, you know, he just helped me buy a house over here, right? So I talked to that guy, get that guy's information. You know, we meet like a week later for lunch. And then that guy kind of tells me what he wants to find, right? Um, so I have the one investor where I know what he wants to find. And he hooks me up to this other investor. And I find out what he wants to find. So now I got two investors who I know are buying, you know, and I know what they're looking for. So all I start doing is scouring the MLS every day, all day to find them deals. Literally, that's what I started doing. And, and I think I bring the other guy, like two deals, the second deal, he likes it. We write an offer, close in two weeks. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I'm like, wow. Yeah, I can, hey, I'm good like, at this. Yeah, I'm good at this. These investors, <laughs> right? It's, it's simple. They look at the house, no inspections, they're cash, right? I dealt with these other, per- so at the same time, I have this one buyer, buyer, I've been showing homes for like two months. I'm showing this person home for two months. Their mom has to see it. The dad has to see it. The brother tells me it's not worth yeah, this. Yeah, it's an emotional like, process. Like, I'm like, this is a lot easier. You know, this is more numbers. I can I can find out the numbers myself. You know, I know what they want to buy at. I know the numbers. I've been doing rehab stuff as far as in my head, books in my own house that I just did for a while. I'm, like, I'm going to find this little investor niche and focus on being a buyer's agent for investors. Right. right. I'm going to find deals for them what they want. And bring them the deal, you know. Right. And pretty much that's how I became the buyer's agent. I think about three months into that, my broker actually said, "Hey, you want to be my buyer? My, be my buyer's agent," which meant that every listing he got, any buyer that called a listing, the, the lead went to me. First was me, and another guy. We, we were splitting it. Then the, the other guy was kind of older, had a lot of stuff going on. I was doing, I was working. He's like, "Hey, you're hustling." Yeah, he's like, "Hey, you're hustling. You're doing this. You're going to be my primary buyer's agent." And I'm like, "Cool," you know. Um, that's like 06. So basically 07 comes, the market crashes. Mm. We go from having like, you know, a good amount of foreclosures to being like a hundred to 150 foreclosures a month that he's listing at a time. And every league calling these foreclosures, I'm getting the first crack at, you know? So every investor in that, in West Michigan, you know, is calling us 
you know, because we have the most. There's probably two or three guys that have a lot, but we had the most. This broker had, my broker had the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac account. Nice. Which, if you know anything about foreclosures, they had the most of any. He had the HUD account. He had the Chase account. He had the Aquan right, account. All the big dogs. Yeah. He was getting, calling him. He was basically getting the listings, properties. the listings, and that was the buyer's agent. So, you know, basically that the connections and relationships I built, um, and then me taking advantage of those relationships and hustling my butt off, I was I walked into a beautiful situation about a year into being a realtor. Wow. But first of all, you ain't walk. You banged on the door. They told you no. You banged on the door again. Again, yeah. Then I, I banged on the door multiple times. You know, I hustled my butt off. Where I was like, you know what? I know what these guys want. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the first guy to bring it to them. You know, which, which was a gift, man. I mean, when you're a buyer's agent, literally, I would go into the office like seven thirty eight, and sit on my computer, and just search for deals all day long in MLS. You know, all day long, all day long, all day long. And I got I got used to like first what I would do is I found all right what does everything sell for in this little area because this is back in there where like you would break it up into like areas you know like this area might be area thirty four forty one and I would just try to figure I would run comps for sold properties and find out what are people buying them for in that area so I could kind of learn you know what the the market values are and what investors buy for so that was the key I had to learn the market first so that I could actually talk to these guys and bring them good deals because. You bring an investor a bad deal, or you you know you have them buy a deal that's bad one time, you're gonna lose that you're gonna lose that client. You yeah. know, so you know I had to make sure I was bringing these guys good good deals. So I had to study about my my market first, and then I had to figure out how to pull comps and figure out values, and then it just became you know who could hustle who could hustle harder. You know, and I became the guy that found those deals first to the point where a realtor would list the house, and I would literally call them within a minute. They'd be like, I just listed the house a minute ago. <laughs> How do you even know about it? I saw, what's the code? I run out to the house, look at the house. And then I knew already, okay, that investor was going to buy it. I would write the offer up, you know, without them even seeing it because I already knew what they wanted. Submit the offer, you know, and then if it got accepted, my investor would go out, look at it, say it's good. We tie it up. Tying up properties before tying up properties was cool. Yeah, on the MLS. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I was doing it. You know, I, like, I just, that's just what I did. I didn't even know that it was a, it was a skill that actually now was like a big time skill. Yeah, but it was just like, to me, it was like, you know, I noticed a lot of guys that they're hustling, trying to get these deals. I had to, like, back then, you had to get a deal first on MLS. You know, like, you had to get a deal first. And then when the foreclosures flooded the market, I mean, you know, I was selling probably like 10 to 15 homes a month, you know, for clo- as a realtor. Um, I think I did like 150, I was doing like 150 a month from like 2009, 10, 11. I mean, 150 a year. Sorry about that. You know, 2009, 10, 11. Um, Still crazy numbers. No, it was crazy numbers. And, I was I was like, the market was transitioning for realtors, whereas, you know, the majority of realtors before that point were mostly retail realtors, you know, like, they tell you when you get your license in Michigan, you can't become a broker until you have three years of experience and 18 sales. And they say 18 sales because they say the average realtor sells six homes a year, right? So six homes a year. Right, for three years. So at three years is 18, right? right? So I was doing like, you know, 100 years, 100 homes a year. And I remember other realtors were like, man, how can you sell those those crappy foreclosures right like they're nasty they're dirty you get like a thousand bucks commission I'm like yeah but I'm selling a hundred of them a year yeah. <laughs> you sell like ten homes a year yeah you know so I mean look at the numbers it makes sense you know plus I enjoy that I enjoyed walking those homes and the negotiation with the bank and you know I, I don't enjoy showing you and your wife a hey, home look at this for kitchen 10 months. yeah that's what about this bathroom you know, that was never me <laughs> so then 
how'd you transition out of being a realtor? <clears throat> I'm still a realtor. I'm still a licensed broker, but I, I don't, I'm 99% a wholesaler investor, you know, not a whole, I'm an investor who uses wholesaling as a technique right. and other techniques. Um, so it's kind of a, the, the market crashed, recession hit like 08, 09, and like up to 2011, it was amazing for me. Like I made more money during that recession than I ever made in my life, you know? Then like 2012, 11, 12, 13 hit and, and people who were there, real estate just stopped. Like during the beginning of the crash, the guys who had cash were buying all they could buy, you know, and banks were still loaning money to the good guys, you know? And then, you know, like 2011, the banks started calling on the notes. So all the guys who had private financing couldn't get any loans anymore, right? So they couldn't get any loans anymore. Their cash dried up for the most part. And there was like a two, two to three year window where like it was hard to sell anything. So during that little break, I actually moved to Hawaii for six months. <laughs> Again, my wife stepped in, got a job again in the hospital, right? She picked up the slack a little bit. We're at the hospital. And like at this point, I'm just stressed out because... I got all these rehabs going. We got all these deals going. Because at this point, I'm selling homes for guys all across the world. I had guys from Russia buying homes in Green Rapids, from Canada, from Vegas, from Israel. You know, They're buying homes for rentals. They're buying homes for flips. So we got a lot of stuff going on. And then the market just kind of like stopped. To, nobody could buy anything. And so my income went from like you know, 100 homes a year to like two, three homes, maybe a month. And my wife said, hey, I'm going to go back to work to help us out. I'm like, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> you know, thank you. So she's working. For a few months, and then she just comes home one day. This is how Jackie is, and says, uh, "Would you move to move to Hawaii?" I'm like, "Sure, honey, I'll move to Hawaii. <laughs> we're, not, we're not going to Hawaii, right?" She goes, "I watched this movie Soul Surfer last night at work. I like to move to Hawaii, right?" I'm like, "Cool, let's go to Hawaii." So, no lie. The next day, she goes, "I got a job in Hawaii. We can move in a week." Yeah, like, I'm like, "Was serious?" <laughs> I'm like, Jackie, like, we got a house here. We got four kids here. I'm coaching football. I got a career here. She's like, yeah, but you're just stressed right now. I can see real estate. You know, it's, it's just so tight. Let's just move to Hawaii for six months. I'll work. Let's see how it is. I'm like, I guess. There's no there's no telling her no. Like, we're going, right? So literally, three weeks later, she moves to Hawaii. I moved there five weeks later. And I'm still going to sell real estate in Hawaii. But I couldn't because the time difference was so big where it was like, I would wake up at 8 in Hawaii. And it was like 3 p.m. in Michigan. Right. So we lived in Hawaii for six months and it was beautiful. I mean, I actually just took six months of just kind of like, you know, being with nature, kind of finding myself again, trying to regroup and stuff and figure out the next plan of real estate. And um, there's like a like a energy and a spirit in Hawaii. Yeah? Dude, Hawaii is amazing. Like I've never been to a place where like like the nature, the people, you know, like. When you're in Hawaii, you run up volcanoes. You kind of like you see whales jumping out the water, and it's just it's like different. Like you don't <laughs> you don't see any whales, you know. Like there's a spirit there that you can feel that kind of like just like it makes you at peace, you know. So for that six months, man, it was, it was the most amazing six months of my life. Where I was actually able just to relax from like the most stressful job I had for last year, and just kind of like think again, you know, relax, think, read, work out, you know, stuff like that. So we moved back to Grand Rapids, and I had to start all over again. And for a moment, I was like, I'm not going to be real. I'm not going to do real estate anymore. Like, I had got to the point where it was like, I got to find something else to do, take care of my family. And I was going to get a sales job anywhere else I could, you know. And the sales jobs didn't work out. Like, I got to a third interview. It didn't work out. And so I was like, you know what? I'm a real estate investor, real estate agent. It's what I do. Just get off your butt and go do it again. You know, like, this is what you've been doing for the last four years. Go do it. So I got back into it. Uh, one of my clients got back into it at this time. This was like seller financing, land contract. That's all that was being done, you know? 
Because the only way they really find a deal was to sell or finance a deal because no one could get a loan. And there were no deals, though, on the MLS. Like, none. And the ones that came on MLS, this is the time when, like, the hedge funds were buying everything. So, like, let's say a deal came on MLS for 20 grand. It was a good deal. You get, like, five offers, and then the hedge fund from, like, Chicago, New York would pay it up, would pay, like, 20 grand more. And none of the local guys were going to do that. So, I literally, the only way to sell deals, I literally had to find deals off market. So, I went from, like, why don't you break down seller financing and land contracts? Yeah, so seller financing land contract means like um, Kevin has a house. And he's looking to sell for let's say fifty thousand dollars, and I go, man, I don't have I don't have the cash to pay for that house. But how about I give you a down payment of ten percent? I'll give you five thousand down, and then you finance me to forty five thousand over a certain amount of time at a certain interest rate. All right. So it's kind of like rent, but. Me as a seller, I don't have to be the landlord. I'm the bank. So exactly. if something breaks, not my problem. It's You're me. the owner of the house. I am just the person who you owe $45,000 to plus whatever interest or negotiation. Exactly. We, it's a technique we use all the time right now. Basically, he, if you go to Chase Bank to get a mortgage, right, and they, they give a mortgage to you and you buy the house, he's just the bank, right? So I'm the homeowner. I pay the taxes, the insurance, our repairs. I give him a check every month for principal and interest that he keeps. That that goes to him, right? So in tough markets, so seller finance is good all the time. But in tough markets, it becomes really, really good to know how to do that because you can't really find deals with a big spread enough to flip or wholesale, you know, all the time. So um, what happened was investors would pay me $2,000 to bring them a seller finance and land contract buyer for their deals, Right. So again, I had to find a new niche. All right. Right now the market's changed. You know, REOs are pretty much gone because this is when the bank weren't even releasing REOs anymore because they're trying to bring the market back. So my my niche became helping guys find buyers for land contracts and seller financing deals. Right. So I'm doing that. And that's how I learned seller financing, which is which is key to what I do right now. Um, I'm doing that for a while and the market's picking up a little bit. I'm doing some deals here and there. You know, then about 2014, 15, you know, guys, the banks are lending again, right? So guys have money again. They need deals. They need deals. Well, at this time, there's no REOs in the market because the banks pretty much dried up from the REOs. They're not releasing anymore, you know? So any good deal that comes to the market, you got 20 offers on it. Like you remember this time, mm-hmm. 20 offers on MLS. And I'm the guy who like, the reason why I was so good as a realtor, you know, as a buyer agent, because I was the guy that got my offer in first and I was rewarded for being first, right? I got it in first, my guys closed. I was rewarded for that. When the market changed, like 2014, 15, you know, the bank deals are out there. The banks put on these new laws were like, well, new new rules where they will list the home for a good price, but they they went and sold the offer for two weeks. Right? So I'm first again, but I can't get my offer accepted for two weeks. At the end of two weeks, everyone's seen the house, you know. The average small who who buys one house a year has bid the house up 20 grand. The hedge fund guys bid up 25 grand and I'm losing every single deal, right? It's frustrating. Like, like I'm the first one there. I'm working the hardest, but I can't get rewarded for that because it's like, well, let's just wait till they all come in. Right. Your previous strategy wasn't... It didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. So what happened was that a, a wholesaler from Arizona came to Michigan and he needed a partner with someone to help him wholesale in Michigan, right? He, he said, I'll do all the marketing, everything. I need you to handle the phones, do the appointments, lock the deal up. I'm like, cool, I'll do that because I need to find more deals anyway, right? So I, this is like 2014. I partnered with him. It wasn't even a part. I worked for him. And how, did, how did he come across you? He uh, he met, so one of my investors who I was doing a lot of deals with, he met him first. 
And that investor said, hey, you should talk to Jory because he's the one that finds all our deals anyway. You know, he'll be perfect for this job. Um, so he talked to me. We talked. He told me what he wanted to have done. I said, this is perfect because this is what I'm, this is what I'm trying to do right now anyway because right. I can't get anything on them less. So if you're marketing over there, you know, wherever you're doing, you already know how to market, how to have the systems in place. So one you of know, your clients that you did right by created the opportunity. Yeah. yeah, he put me in with someone who actually helped, you know, give me that the insight and a lot of the information of what I'm doing right now, you know. So that happened, and I'm helping this guy out with his wholesaling business, and then I'm, you know, finding deals, locking deals up, lots of deals up. And I'm like, basically, I was already doing this, like, off the MLS. Because I had a lot of investors say, hey, Joy, you find me a deal, I'll pay you five grand for the deal. Because they knew that I had about a list of 20 investors who wanted deals from me. So, so they would come to me and say, hey, if you find me a deal, I get it first, I'll pay you five grand a deal. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was, I was wholesaling off the MLS, Without even actually knowing that I was doing it's, it. It's crazy because I deal with so many agents, obviously, having the traditional mortgage side of the business and also the private lending and, and the investing side. And there's so many traditional agents that sometimes have a tough time wrapping their head on the investment the crazy side. crazy time, yeah. And what they don't understand is exactly what you just said. Like, investors that make money on deals are willing to do whatever. To get a deal. And it's just business 101. Mm-hmm. It's like capitalism at its <laughs> finest. Like, listen, I will pay you whatever. <laughs> just bring, just me, bring the deal. me a deal because if I can make 50000 on this deal or 30000 on this deal, I even got guys that are willing to do 20000 on a deal. Mm-hmm. They will reward you they will. for being the golden goose. They will. They will. They definitely will. They, and I remember early on as a realtor, I was like, I wanted to make sure my reputation was good. So I was not the guy there. You know, the realtors would tie a property up and then shop it together. Like when I tied it up, I knew I had to buy it for it, right? So I had a lot of investors who came to me because I did right by them um, first. I wasn't trying to upsell them a deal. I wasn't trying to wholesale them a deal at the beginning. I was just trying to get my commission. You know, I did a lot of I did a lot of deals. It was more like, you know, quantity I would get paid for. And then it got to the point where I had other investors saying, hey, because they were getting a deal from somebody else after they got it from me. Dude, I'll give you five grand. <laughs> Just, just bring me the deal first, you know? Um, and then when I started wholesaling, so many realtors would be like, so this house is not in the market? It's not in MLS? I go, no, it's off market. Here's the price, you know? Have your buyer pay you a commission. You know, they just they just couldn't get it. Like, it was like it was like sign language. So I'm like, I'm like, listen, it's still a deal. Well, why is it in MLS? Because we don't want it on the MLS, you know? Like, we don't need to put on MLS, you know? And then they would, they would call the board on me. <laughs> I got I got turned into the real estate board so many times from other realtors who just couldn't grasp what we were doing. You know, also our seller financing deals. Realtors couldn't grasp that because if it's not a traditional clear cut three percent commission, Wells Fargo. yeah, like they just couldn't get it. You know, and that's I hate to say that, but that's why ninety percent of realtors aren't really successful because they can't grasp their mind about being creative and solving problems. Like when you're an investor, when you wholesale. You know, we're problem solvers, you know. The reason I was a good realtor because I was a problem solver as a realtor. I did a lot of complex things as a realtor. But, you know, most of the realtors aren't that complex in figuring out how to solve a situation, you know. And that's why a lot of them fail, you yeah. know. They um, just, they're looking for their cousin who wants to buy a house. Exactly. Show them seven houses. They write up a contract. They go to Wells Fargo. They get a loan. <laughs> they get paid a 3% to 6% commission, depending on what the... And that's, and then that's it. it. Like, yep. if it's outside that box, they can't. what are you doing? <laughs> this must be illegal. Exactly. Illegal. This is a scam. <laughs> and it's like... Yep. It's they business. think it's illegal to be licensed and not listen to MLS. And I'm like, 
you can be licensed and not even be a part of the MLS or the board. You don't have to join a board, you know, but to realtors who are in that little, they don't realize that you can do that kind of stuff. So right. immediately it was like, oh, Jory's doing something illegal. No, I'm not exactly. doing illegal. If not, you would have access to the nationwide MLS, but you don't. You got to join every single board and pay every single mm-hmm. association and it's not forced upon you. Mm-hmm. So how can you get a license and not be a part of the MLS? Think about it. <laughs> if it's legal and it's required and it's anyway. So you started working for this dude. So started, this dude. Now He's... these investors are coming to you saying they'll pay you a premium if you go to them first, which is what starts to happen when you actually have legit deals. Legit deals, yeah. If you have real deals, again, investors will pay you for the deals, right? Investors, they're not loyal to the T as far as like, Kevin's my investor. He only works with Jory. That's not the case. No. Kevin's an investor. If Jory brings him a deal that's good, he'll buy it from Jory. If yeah. if, if Realtor B brings him a deal that's good, he'll buy it from Realtor B. Yeah, and Jory knows player, that. Player, player. <laughs> yeah, the I got love for everybody. <laughs> exactly, right? Whoever brings me the money. Yeah, so. Which is cool. It's Free market. No, that's, yeah, that's good. Free like, like as, as a guy who works with a ton of investors, I like, hey, my, you found a deal from somebody else? That's the game, you know? He found it first. Mm-hmm. I got to find it next time first, you know? Exactly. So necessity again took place where I got five kids, a wife. I got to feed my family. The MLS is not working out anymore. You know, like the the way I used to do it where I got rewarded for being first doesn't work anymore. I got to find deals, you know? So I had to find off-market deals. And I got this connection with this one guy. So we're working together, you know? I'm in Michigan. and Where was he? He was in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I worked with him for about six months, and then we moved to Miami. Right, so we moved to Miami. Now, but let me ask you a question. You're closing deals with him, right? Mm-hmm. He's your connect. How are you so fearless to walk away <laughs> from a revenue stream and once again start all over? I faith. I got you know. I got faith that I can do whatever I'm mind to do. But also, one thing that I do if I'm working with somebody. Like, I'm absorbing every single thing they're doing every second I can to figure out how I can implement into my system, tweaking my way to make it better so I can use it for myself. Like, not saying that, hey, look, I'm trying to push out a business, but, you know, again, people aren't loyal. You know, everybody's not loyal. So if he, if he moves somewhere else or he does something else, I need to know how I'm doing this so I can keep doing it for myself. Of course. You know, and then the Miami thing was planned for 12, like, li- literally. We moved the mission from Miami. My wife said, "Well, my oldest, when our oldest son graduates high school, we're moving to Miami." And we had a we had a picture in my bathroom that I saw every day that says, "You deserve to live here." And it was a picture of Ocean Drive, <laughs> and every day I went to the bathroom, I saw that. Yeah, so like vision board. Yeah, the vision board. And my wife said it was going to happen. So again, we moved to Hawaii. She said we're moving to Hawaii. So and like, there's a common theme that when Jackie <laughs> says something's going to happen, <laughs> you know. Now believe me, I wanted to move to Miami, but again, like I had the faith, but also. The whole thing things, I mean, it's, we're, we're killing it right now, you know, for six months. And I tell this guy, hey, I'm moving to Miami. But I, I got in control. We can still do it, you know. So I can still make it happen. So you were going to virtual. I was going to virtual wholesale. Right. Again, from Miami, you from still Miami, had your investors, you guys. I still have my investors. He's still doing the marketing. I'm training somebody who's going to do what I was doing there to be boosting the ground. I'm going to move to Miami, kind of oversee it. We're good, right? So we move here. And it works like the first two months. And then. It just all gets out of whack. You know, he he doesn't like the way he's doing. The guy I had working for me on, on the ground isn't doing the things that I was doing. So here it's out of whack. So that breaks apart. 
that breaks apart. It's like, crap, now I got to figure out a way to do it myself from here, up there. And there's about a six-month window where, like, I'm in Miami now. Bills are double what they were in Michigan. And then that business up there kind of shut down to a halt, you know. So I had to go back to draw more again and just kind of reinvent myself on how to do it there. Um, took about six months. Created some new partnerships up there. You were living off savings during that time? or uh, Well, so again, we bought a house in Michigan in about 2009, right? Foreclosure, we bought for $56,000. We bought it for $56,000. This house sold for like one eighty. the last sale before we bought it. It had mold, was down to the studs. We rehabbed it. So our, our, our total loan after rehabbing the home was about one fifteen. we had into it. The market went up. We had that house. Our plan was to sell that house. We moved to Miami and live off of the funds from the house while I built up my business down here. So we sold that house before we moved here. Actually, we didn't. We had it closed. We had it under contract before we moved to Miami. The week before we were moving, the buyer fell out, right? So again, here comes that little, what are you going to do? Keep going or or back down, right? How many times you've had that? Dude, my whole story. (laughs) It happens all Like I could keep telling you many, many, many more. You know, but again, something happens right before we're about to make a big change in life. You know, that people most people, quit, most people just be like, we're not going, we're not doing this. But again, like, it's a like, sign. Yeah, it's a sign. To me, it's a sign. But to me, the sign is different from other people. To me, to other people, the sign says don't do something. To me, it's like, you know what? Something great is on the other side of this. If you quit now, you won't get it. Right. Someone's trying to stop me from my blessing over there. So I'm not going to stop. I'm going to just take this next challenge, beat it. It's the next spot I go to, right? So that happens. The the deal falls apart a week before we're moving to Miami. <laughs> and, you know, we had the funds. We're wholesome. We're good. But, like, still, that was 50K we're coming down here with, you know? And I'm like, Jackie, what do you want to do? She's like, we're moving to Miami. I was like, cool. That's how I feel, too. I'm just making sure. I'm making sure, again, my wife's cool with this stuff because I'm cool with this. But, you know, I got a wife and five kids making sure that she's cool with this, too. She's like, no, we're moving to Miami. You know what we do. We're going to move to Miami. You're Figure gonna, it we'll out. find another buyer. You know, like, we know the house is worth this much. So we moved to Miami. Find another buyer two weeks later. The house closes, like, two months later when we're down here, right? So it ended up going through. But, again, another, you know, red flag popped up. We had to go through that little obstacle and get back down here. And that so, one sold for how much at the end of the day with the second buyer? It sold for, uh, I think it sold for like two forty. So you end up making a nice little chunk of change. Yeah, two forty. This is a house that we bought, fixed up, and just lived in until the market came back up. We moved to Miami. It was a good deal, really good deal. So I sold for about two forty. So once again, shutting up and investing <laughs> saves the day. <laughs> yeah, like that's the blueprint for my life, dog. Like you know, like I just take action. You know, faith, action, faith, action. Right? I got extreme faith. I'm like I'm a very faithful person. You know, I'm, I'm a very, very positive person. So, like, all these things happen, and I don't really get, like, rattled by it. It's just, like, whatever. Like, I've been, me and my wife and kids have been dead broke. We've had a lot of money. We've been dead broke, right? And I've survived both times. So, like, what's the worst that can happen? We can lose it all. We'll hustle, 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 get it back. You know, like, if you know how to make money, then you're not afraid of, of right. losing it. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, like, I know I can make it back. You know, I can know I can put it out there and make it back again, you know? So, we get down here. I got some money from that. You know, the partnership I have with Arizona guy broke apart. So then I reached out to my broker, Mike, from the beginning of the story. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Mike, his business obviously has slowed down too because foreclosures have dried up. He's like, dude, I need the business too. Let's go, right? So me and him partnered together, you know, started marketing, started doing this and this and that. Um, I partnered with another guy out there, partnered with some friends in Harrisburg. So now I'm in like four different markets where I'm at right now, virtually wholesaling like four or five different markets right now, you know? 
That's what we're doing right now. So it's it's good. I mean, we're going good. We got the podcast started. You know, things are good. But you know, it's been a journey of like you know ups and downs. Like, you know, real estate's ups. It's ups and downs. Yeah. Like, and we'll go on more stuff. It's been ups and downs, but every time it's been down, the key has been to get back up and keep going. Yeah, you know, like don't ever quit. Get back up and keep going. Nice. And you're now in which markets? We're now in all of West Michigan. So Grand Rapids, Muskegon, Kalamazoo. In between that, we're in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. We're in Harrisburg and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, we're starting some stuff in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania right now. We're in Sarasota, Miami, Florida right now. Nice. Um, and the key about virtual wholesaling to me is all those markets I name, I know them, and I have very, very trustworthy people in that market. I mean, that's my key. Some guys do it different, but, but to me, I'm from Pittsburgh and Harrisburg, PA. That's where I grew up at. You know, I, I worked in Michigan for... 12 years as a realtor. I have a very good friend in Indianapolis. I live in Miami. I have another good partner in, in Sarasota. You know, so I just kind of look and see where where do I know people at that I know can help me do this, you know, approach them, partner with them. Teach them. Teach them how to do it. And then we wholesale there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So anybody who's interested in virtual wholesaling? Holler at me. I got you. Yeah. And if you got somebody who's trustworthy in different markets, we can we can help out. We can teach you how to do it. Um, again, we JV with people. We can teach you how to do it. Help help set it up for you guys and uh, and get you going, man. It's not that. It's not. It's not rocket science. It just takes. It takes knowledge that we weren't really taught in school, and it yeah. takes some hard work and dedication. A process and a system. Exactly. And then sticking through them challenges. Yep. Because they'll come. Oh yeah, yeah. Realist, listen, and everybody that I partner with, realist, I tell them up front, listen, prepare yourself. <laughs> like this is not. It's not all good, you know. Right. Like, like Lot. be prepared. You know? Like, my mindset now is prepared for the the mishap or the the bad deal. Like, it's, I'm already prepared for. It. So when it happens, I don't react to it because I just know it's part of the game. You right. know, it's just like the losses are. And if you stack the pipe, that one deal it doesn't. Yeah, it's not gonna kill the overall momentum. Exactly. If you get if you're doing five six deals a month, you lose one. You know, it's just one of yeah, five you take or six. A hit, but overall, you, you win. Know? Yeah. All right, my brother. I think that was a good start. That was it. Now we're going to get into the nitty gritty on the next episodes on uh, what's going on in those markets and how to joint venture and how to market to get deals and how to set up the right partnerships and all that good stuff. Yeah. And uh, seller financing, real estate notes. Like, yeah. We're going to go deep. Wholesaling, private lending, the whole nine. The whole nine, man. So we're excited. I, I think we, we need to get your wife in here because after yeah, that yeah. story. <laughs> We need to follow it up real quick with her. Jackie being here soon. We'll get her in here. <laughs> Listen, I know today was a, a little longer, but we need to get that story in. And um, and anybody who's really interested, for real, hit us up. That's what we're here for. If you like the show, subscribe, like, comment, share. All right? You will Pass be, the word, man. Pass yeah. the word. Definitely. You'll be able to connect with us at shutupandinvest.com. And I will see you in the next episode. We're out. Out, out. Hey, thank you once again for listening to Shut Up and Invest. If you guys are motivated at the thought of continuing your real estate journey with us, then visit shutupandinvest.com. There you can join our community and take advantage of more free resources. And don't forget, please like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast so you're first to hear our new content every week. Most importantly, Get active and don't forget to shut up and invest.